As the official healthcare provider of Minnesota United, Alina Health is focused on keeping our loons in top condition. And with expertise in orthopedics, sports medicine, heart care, and more, Alina has the team to keep your family in the game too. The experts at Alina Health take the time to get to know you as a whole person, helping you achieve wellness for your mind, body, and spirit. It's an altogether better kind of healthcare. Learn more at alinahealth.org. everybody to another episode of sound of the loons presented by alina health and here we are heading into the home opener at allianz field and how lucky are we to have the return of christian ramirez at allianz field first ever appearance here but returning to minnesota a legend of the game in minnesota with minnesota united thank you christian for taking the time i know you're incredibly busy multiple children practices, appearances, all of the above. So we appreciate you in Minnesota. Uh, all the fans in Minnesota appreciate you taking the time today. Oh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. I got to talk to you a couple times last year when you were with Columbus just for, you know, catching up on this season and even interviewing you for the MLS Apple calls heading into games. But I want to just refresh here. I mean, I just was saying to you, I cannot believe that you haven't been in Minnesota to play a soccer game since 2018 it's like actually kind of mind-blowing i for sure thought our notes were wrong because i was like that that can't be he's been with la he's been with houston two western conference teams so your first time playing at allianz field is going to be on saturday like how are you excited to come back what's what's your yeah um it's a mix of emotions obviously um my my wife and zara and nova will be there um the little the little guy won't go um he'll stay behind but um yeah, Zara was two months old the last time we were in Minnesota. Um, so it'll be it'll be exciting, but I'm excited to see everyone, um, all the old faces, new faces, and just see um, Allianz for the first time in person. Is uh, Angie Blaker already, like, shooting you texts? Like, hey, you better, you and your family better say hello. Because I remember in L.A., you did the baby gender reveal while we were in LA for one of the games with Minnesota United and Angie was running around like a chicken with her head cut off, trying to get the right, yeah. the right. She was the only one who knew the gender of the baby, trying to get the right color balloons and keep it a surprise and like this whole big thing. So, I mean, you, Angie's got to be hitting you up already. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's meeting up with my wife. Um, I think on Friday um, and she's sorting her out for the game and stuff. Uh, yeah. But Angie, I, I've seen her multiple times when, when Minnesota came to Houston, she came over for dinner um last year when minnesota came here for leagues cup she came over to the house and saw zara um, and nova so uh we've kept in touch i keep in touch with Durkey messaging every now and then um uh, just shooting shots back at each other uh so it it's a good time awesome well i know uh, the fans will be excited to see you back here as long as you're not scoring goals against minnesota united on saturday but talk us through your journey i mean I think when you were here with Minnesota, you were just lighting the world on fire, right? I mean, scoring goals left and right. Now, I don't want to say it came naturally because you worked really hard for those goals. 
but the way you went about it and the way you did it and the way you played the game. And then you got traded. You went to L.A., spent some time there, went to Houston. Then you go to Aberdeen, Scotland, which I'm sure was a whole other experience in and of itself. And then you end up back in the United States with Columbus. So talk us through leaving Minnesota, heading to L.A. What was that first journey like? Yeah, when uh, obviously it was uh, tough to up and, and leave, especially Zara had just been born um, and we had bought our first place um, in Minnesota. But I started to, uh, to learn the business uh, side of football. Um, and L.A. Was, was awesome because it, it taught me a lot about winning um, at, the, at this level, um, playing under Bob Bradley, playing with Vela and Rossi and all those guys um, who had been such uh, influential. Um, so that, that following year, um, on that supporter shield run, um, it just, I learned so much both about myself, um, what to do when I wasn't scoring goals, um, and how to play for, for the team more, um, and the sacrifices that I needed to make, um, and it led to more wins. Um, and then once again, once I thought I was settled, uh, uh, up and traded on deadline day to Houston and, um, to a club that was going through a transition. Uh, I think it, I only played one game under the coach who who traded for me, um, and then he got fired. Uh, so it, it started to spiral right away, and um, the club went through a, a huge transition, and COVID happened and everything. So uh, didn't didn't turn out the way that uh, probably was intended um, once we got traded there. Um, so then coming up on the last couple of months of my deal, um, the opportunity to go to Scotland came about and my wife was like, let's just go. I mean, if you, if it works out, let's go. And, uh, we, we chased it and, uh, experienced it, learned so much, um, learned so much about myself, about, um, my family and brought us closer and just experienced the world. So that was, a that was a humbling experience, but a, a great experience nonetheless. Um, and then when, when everything started to, to spiral down uh, up north in Aberdeen, uh, Columbus came calling after numerous deals uh, in the summer window of 2022 fell through. Um, uh, whether it was at that time to the championship in England, uh, to Turkey, uh, to Saudi at one point, and back to the MLS, all those fell through. So uh, in the January of 23, uh, Columbus came calling and I think it happened in like two days. Um, it was super fast and I, I was excited for the project that was presented here um, and what my role was going to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm glad it all worked out. Uh, I ended up a champion and uh, it was a crazy ride last year. So you you weren't like hellbent on getting back to the United States because you just said there were some <laughs> summer transfer deals that were possibilities in other country so this wasn't yes. like a hey i'm looking to get back to mls i need we need as a family to get back to the united states it's just that at the end of the day that was the best available yeah, meal at sure. that moment uh, on deadline day in the summer um my bags were packed because the club said there was a club in the championship that just for privacy reasons i won't name but yeah. they uh they agreed to terms with aberdeen and uh, my bags were packed and I was supposed to be on the next flight at 9 a.m. Um, and they called me before that and said, don't get on that flight. We have we have something that came up um, and we have to appeal it to the FA. Um, and it was, I got docked a point for uh, for minutes of a foreigner. Uh, 
so I was short a certain percentage of, of minutes. Um, and I had, I had been sent home uh, two weeks prior to the season ending uh, the following season uh, just because Aberdeen were safe and the, the manager wanted to give debuts to uh, young kids through the academy. And that ended up backfiring on me. <laughs> uh, so it's one of those that you don't think of. And so they appealed it and then the appeal got denied. Um, so that was on deadline day and that took all day. I was, it was probably 7 p.m. when they finally told me that it wasn't happening. And the last flight out was at nine um, down to London. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was tough to, to swallow that. But, um, yeah, the next the next seven months, I just worked my butt off and stayed ready for, for any opportunity that presented itself. So talk through that emotion, though. I mean, you just said it was tough to swallow, but A, you're like sitting there waiting, your your bags are packed, then you're waiting to hear. But even just like, okay, this this team and this club was ready to to trade me, to sell me on. And now here I am continuing to play for them. I mean, how do you how do you handle those emotions, that roller coaster? I'm sure as time has gone on, you've gotten a little bit more used to it and you've matured in that because it's just something you have to deal with in the business. But how do you handle that? Oh, it was tough for sure. Um and I've said it numerous times, it was like I would show up to training knowing that I wasn't going to play these next seven months. And so just tried to to be as professional as I could um, out of respect for my teammates um, and just handled myself in that way and was ready whenever my name was called. Um, I never got to really influence a game because I would go into a game either when we were winning 3-0 or losing 3-0. So never really got to make um, an impact. Um, and then I think as it got closer um, to myself uh, to January and I saw that potentially there was more opportunities coming, but there was, it was uncertainty. I was like, I can't continue another six months of, of not doing this. Um, and so that was like the boiling point in December where I had a bit of anxiety stuff and mental health stuff. Uh, and then came back to, to the States and got that all sorted and, um, I'm better for it now. Um, and I learned so much and I just, uh, pass that on to anybody that, that needs it. It's funny because I feel like now that you've sort of come through that, it's easy to, not easy, but you can look back and go, I'm better for it. You know, I, it, I grew from that, but in the moment, and at the same time, you're like, well, I never want to do that again. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah, like you're sure. better for it and you grew from it and you learned from it, but it's like, holy crap, let's not do that again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so let's focus on the present. I mean, well, actually, let's focus on 2023 first. You know, what was that year like for you, the season for you? I mean, you can't come in. I don't know if you know you're going to be starting or not. I mean, nobody really ever does in this business for the most part. But, like, you don't know. You're trying to make an impression. You're maybe adapting to a little bit the fact that you're coming off the bench again. But every time you came off the bench early on, you were making an impact, scoring goals, getting assists, you know, impacting the game in a positive way. And then – you end up with the MLS Cup at the end of the season. Talk us through what that was like with Columbus Crew. Yeah, so um, I got here and um, started off flying. Uh, and then I think it was like the third week of preseason, um, I got injured. Um, and I it was an in injury to the bottom of my foot that we couldn't really figure out. So I was out for like eight weeks and uh, missed the first four games. And then when I come back, uh, Cucho goes down for eight weeks. So... I just step in um, and we have a good run of form. Um, and then he comes back and we play a few games together. Um, and then I'm on the bench for a bit. And then we start start games together um, and we go on another run. And then Lucas 
uh, gets sold um, and I'm still starting. And then Diego comes and uh, start a few games. And then the last 10 games, uh, I think I only started one. Uh, and so my role fully changed at that point. Um, and I knew late in the season, it's one of those that you just have to put your ego aside and, and be ready when your name's called upon. Um, and it was called upon on, I think it was decision day against Montreal to start. Um, so just be ready. And then the playoff run was, uh, was the pinnacle obviously of, of just being able to, uh, repay everything for, for all the sacrifices that I made, um, throughout the year, um, and being rewarded in that sense. Uh, yeah. And luckily it, it ended up with the, with two trophies. So what was that, uh, when you say to sort of repay some of the sacrifices, when you look back at that year and really your career, what do you think is the biggest thing you learned since? I mean, who knows? I mean, I guess we could say 2017, yeah. but I'm sure you were learning a lot of things even before that, but at least yeah. Minnesota United MLS time to now, what is the biggest thing you've learned and, and the lesson you've learned? Oh, um, the successful teams in this league. Um, there's so much sacrifice that goes into each individual to for the group to be better off. Um, and it's not just one person. Um, and so when it got to, it was my turn to sacrifice um, late in the year. Uh, I could have very easily, and I've seen on other teams, guys turn into a, a problem uh, for both the manager and, and for the guys in the locker room. And, um, and it takes a bad turn. And like, I, I've never wanted to be that. I've never been that. And uh, I wanted to set a good example for, for everybody in the locker room that look, I've been starting, I think I started 20 games and we won 12 or 19 games, won 12 uh, of my starts and only lost two of those. So I did my part to get us to where we are at. Um, and now it's my turn to, to sacrifice for the group. So um, I didn't change who I was, how hard I trained, the smile that um, that I always carry. Um, yeah, I was, I was hurt a bit because of it, but I never let that affect my relationships with, my, with the manager or, or with my teammates. On the field, what is your role on this team? And does it change? You just listed off, you know, playing with Lucas versus playing with Diego's in there now, playing with Cucho, like whether you're, up top is the number nine or you're kind of in a wider area. I mean, how, how do you view your role on this team when you're on the field? When I'm on the field, um, just be myself. Um, it, it is new as of last year to defend more on, on the wide areas. Um, but it's, it's so clear in our system of how we defend that it makes it easier for me. Um, so that that's good. And um, I, I obviously, naturally work defensively to to free Cucho, especially when we play together, um, both offensively and defensively, so that he can find other pockets um, and draw some attention off of him. Off of him. Um, and yeah, when, when I'm not on the field, uh, I'm trying to lead in other ways uh, and pushing guys that maybe played in front of me to, to push them to, to make them better as well. Um, and know that I'm no one's no one's ever happy being on the bench, but it's how you handle it. Um, and so, yeah. What's your favorite memory of Minnesota? Your time in Minnesota, oh, on the that. field, off the field. What's your favorite memory? Uh, off the field, I would just say, uh, just with all the fans, um, uh, seeing them after games or or seeing them out um, is always a good time. Um, just because 
it feels like a big city, but uh, you always see the same faces everywhere you go. Um, so that that was always cool. Uh, on the field, uh, I don't know. Seeing TCF, uh, the first game that we won against RSL was, was special, because um, it felt like. Uh, did I have two goals that game? I'm not sure. If I, I think uh, yeah, I had two goals that game, and it just felt like. Oh, this is what it, this is what it's meant to be like, um, and having such a good relationship with with Manny and with Doctor Bill, um, mm -hmm. and all those guys who have essentially saved Minnesota United um, from those days. Uh, to see how happy they were after that win uh, was a special one to be a part of. And then, are you going to be flashing that tattoo to everybody on Minnesota United when you roll <laughs> back in? It's on your. They, is it on your calf? Is that where yeah, it is? It's on my calf. So you'll make they, sure to wear those warm up socks, nice yeah. and low, so <laughs> everybody yeah, can get a nice close up of the uh, the MLS Cup trophy. I'm sure, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. You know, hey, and who doesn't want who doesn't want to be able to put that on their? Yeah, uh, we just got leg. our rings last night, so so that was nice. You just got them last night. I thought you guys got them on an opening day, or was that? Yeah, just so we we did, stuff? but but we had like a. a a dinner uh, last night to recap 2023 and to basically uh, set the blueprint for 2024. So it was like, we gave them back after, after the, the ring ceremony on Saturday. And then um, last night, finally I got to take them home. You're not flashing it on the camera today. I know. No, for I, sure. I, you didn't like have your day. hand up here, like the whole, the whole episode. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of like this Minnesota being like, a big, you know, big little soccer community. I was literally talking to someone at my daughter's soccer club last night and she plays for NSSA now. And she's like, Oh, Christian Ramirez. He came out and coached some of our oh, yeah. practices. Yeah, I used so, to, yeah. Yeah. And she remembered right away. I was like, yeah, well, he's coming here. You know, she knew obviously that you're on Columbus and I was talking to her about how I was doing the podcast today. So, I mean, it, it is, it's like a little big soccer world. That's what I've always appreciated about Minnesota and having and having been from. I feel like Columbus is a bit the same. Yeah, have you that, found that there, like sure. the that, culture and the community? The yeah, I've noticed that as well. And that was part of their selling point uh, on it. Um, drew comparisons um, city-wise and stuff. Um, I think Minnesota's got a bit more of a downtown uh, than Columbus, but uh, the, the feel is still there. That's awesome. Well, I know... Uh, Minnesota fans are very much looking forward to seeing you here. Like, as I said, I'm sure they want to see you. They don't want to see you score, but they're looking forward to seeing you here. And I'm excited for you to see Allianz Field in person and walk out of that tunnel. I know you guys always do a little pregame field walkthrough. And um, if you thought TCF was like, oh, man, this is what soccer in Minnesota should be like because it was a great crowd and fans show up, I think you'll uh, fully appreciate Allianz Field in person. So thank you for taking the time today. I appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you uh on Saturday and, and good luck to a certain extent on Saturday. Thank you. Appreciate it. Looking right. forward to Thanks, it. Thanks, Christian. Have a great All day. Right. Bye, All right, everybody, stay tuned. Segment number two with Tom Bogart coming up next. The 2024 MLS season is here and there is room for you to join the excitement coming to Allianz Field. Whether you're trying to catch a match against LAFC, the showdown with FC Cincinnati, or a visit from the Seattle Sounders, visit mnufc.com backslash tickets for tickets to the games you are most excited about. Single game tickets are on sale now, along with a variety of packages and group options to help you create the ideal Loons match day experience. 
All right, everybody, welcome back. Segment number two of Sound of the Loons this week. Heading into Minnesota United's home opener, which is on Saturday. I think it's March 2nd. It's hard to remember what date is, especially we throw a leap year in this year. It's really confusing me, but it's not like there's a lot going on with Minnesota United. No no big news is broken as of re- recently or anything. So who else to have on but Tom Bogart? I, 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 you know, I've seen so many nicknames for you. Do you have a favorite? Hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm firmly of the belief that you can't pick your own nickname. So at, at the at the risk of pissing off, you know, the karma gods on that one, I do. Tommy Scoops is a good one. It's funny. Again, I did not come up with that myself. It all came organically. Um, and again, I'm a firm believer and you can't pick your own nickname. So even if I didn't like it, I, that's what I'd have. Yeah, you know, I feel like it fits. It flows. You know, it's got a nice ring to it. Plus, you do have the scoop. So, you know, it makes sense. <laughs> Um, I could tell my daughter that and she she would relate it to ice cream. And I'd be like, no, it's it's not. It's not ice cream. It's, you know, it's it's all about getting the scoop on what's going on. So speaking of scoops, um, I just want to get right to it because, you know, fans are going to want to hear in Minnesota. You probably knew well before anybody on this planet knew and maybe even before the ownership knew that Eric Ramsey was going to be hired as the head coach of Minnesota United. But what are your thoughts on this? How did you see the developing aspect of this and you know just big picture little picture what do you think about this hire yeah i think it's really exciting from again reporting out this story and talking to numerous people again obviously the people in minnesota rate him very highly that's that's why they wanted him very badly he was their top target he he stood out in a very extensive interview process that included international candidates domestic candidates uh candidates that are more experienced than he is he's 32 years old he's, he's going to be uh, far and away the youngest head coach currently in MLS and either the youngest in league history or second youngest. So like it wasn't, it wasn't as if, if Khalid Al-Hamad came into this and, and was like, no, like I want to hire the young, like I want to make a splash by that. Like there was a wide range of candidates. Eric Ramsey established himself as, you know, the, the club's preferred candidate. It was in, in the works for a little while. Obviously there was a, a, a group of finalists that again, they, they settled on on Ramsey as who they wanted. They were able to get close enough to a deal, and then they still had to work out the the uh, finalities with Manchester United and, and leaving and everything else. Um, but I'm sure we can get into that later. My big picture thoughts are he's a really bright guy, really talented guy. I've spoken to people that worked with him at United. I, I've read things about people that worked with him at Wales, and it all comes back that this guy's just a brilliant young coaching mind. Wales manager Rob Page called him, you know, one of the brightest young coaching talents in the world. And that was kind of his reputation as he rose the ranks at United. Let my, my, I think my, my favorite point here is that I correctly, I think a lot of coaches come in, they bring in their own staff. That's just how it goes. Usually when the manager gets fired, the assistants either offer their resignations or, or they're just moved on. Think of, of Chris Armas got to, got to be Jesse's Marsh assistant for, I don't know, four days before Jesse Marsh got fired. And then the new manager is just like, yeah, why, why are you still here? <laughs> like, <laughs> Eric Ramsey worked under three different managers at Manchester United. And not only was he staying on, he was increasing in importance with every, with every manager to where Eric Ten Hag made him one of his assistants. So He's clearly got the respect of some of the the brightest minds in in European and English soccer, um, and I think that it's really cool that Minnesota convinced him, "Hey, this is this is your step." He turned down championship clubs that wanted to hire him, including Blackpool, and he was like, "No, Minnesota United is where I want to be." 
So to that point, though, when you're when people are listening to this and they're like, oh, he's a really young, bright mind, like bright soccer. What does that mean? Like what in your mind, what in your bright mind does that mean when we say a bright, you know, what are the what are the what's the checklist for clubs when you're talking about that? Yeah, first and foremost, obviously, the coaching badges, the coaching qualifications, he, he's got all of them. So just in terms of of like schooling and education in, in, in soccer, that's all there. You need to have emotional intelligence, obviously. Man management is such a big part of this job. He got to work under different managers. He was at Chelsea, and he was with the U23s, I believe, at Chelsea before he was at United. So he's already got the experience in working with different managers. He speaks fluently, I believe, at least four languages. And Yeah, I was going to say, I thought I read four or five, which is... It's it's four fluent, and then he's conversational oh. in, like, a couple more. It's, <laughs> okay. like, that's unreal, right? Like so. That's amazing. He yes. gets to come in and he can speak to everybody in their native language like that, like that. That's that's a sign of intelligence. And that that's a sign of somebody who's going to be able to have a chance to connect to players a little bit easier than than having to use a translator. Um, and again, like the everything that he's learned and honed and his plans and, and discussions with Minnesota. OK, this is how I want to play from what I know that they're going to want to trans play transition, pressing youthful soccer, more up tempo than they had. That's something that Khaled Al-Hamad wanted that in this coaching search. And that's obviously what Eric Ramsey, that's how he sees the game. Um, so again, from, from tactically to man management, that's where people talk about his, you know, why he's a bright young coach. When you say, you know, he turned down offers in the championship and other teams and he wants to be at Minnesota United. It was funny. I was at open training yesterday at Minnesota United and I asked the same question. I go, why did he want this job? Why did he even want, why does he want to come to MLS, let alone Minnesota United? And it was like, I got almost got laughed at like the, the intrigue for not just because of Minnesota United, but because of MLS, like there are a lot of coaches, just like players that want to be here and a part of this league. Is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, every team, you know, loves to tell me how many people reached out to them when they have a managerial search, right? Like, so there's every team in this league, like Dallas before they hired Nico Estevez, it was like within 72 hours of their job being open. I was told it was like 85 people reached out. And again, that doesn't mean that it's, you know, Jurgen Klopp and Peck Guardiola, right? But, but that also doesn't mean it's 85 high school coaches either, right? Like, so these are jobs that a lot of people want. Again, he could, he could stay, could have stayed in England. It's not that he's coming here because he didn't get any offers in England. And again, at 32 years old now, more offers would have been coming, right? Like, it's not like a desperation play or anything. It's, he wanted to be here. He thought that this was a good spot for his career. And, and I know that, that he and, and Khaled had, either like known enough of each, of each other that they wanted to work together. Like that was part of the selling point as well, that Khaled Al-Hamad and, and the vision that he's laid out for Minnesota is something that Eric Ramsey uh, found himself wanting to be a part of. So yes, it is like, again, it, it, I'm trying to answer this question without sounding like, you know, breaking out the MLS pom-poms and, and just saying, you know, whatever, <laughs> but like, well, and truly I speak to like a lot of people about this, that like, this is where a lot of managers, I like I, intermediaries will reach out to me and be like, Hey, what do you think about insert this manager? I'm like, wait, wasn't he in the champions league a few years ago or like whatever. Right. Like, like, yeah, no, he wants to come to MLS. It's like, is he getting, not getting any offers in Europe? It's like, no, he just wants to come to MLS. Like it's, it's, that's a real thing. It's a real phenomenon for players and coaches. And it's just a sign of this league. You know, when you look at Minnesota United and the way they played against Austin in the opener, and I'm sure you've watched not all of every single opening game on the weekend because there's a gazillion of them and none of us have that much time. <laughs> but when you look at Minnesota United and the way they played against Austin on the road, and I know it's Austin, it's not Columbus, right? They've got Columbus at home this weekend. But still, I went back and rewatched that game and I was like, 
this is not the same team. So clearly a new style has been implemented by Khaled and, and knowing that the coach is likely on board because that was the message in preseason with Cameron Knowles, who by the way, has done a fantastic job yeah. and, and the players love him and his staff. But what did you see from Minnesota United? And I'm, I'm assuming I'm not like the only one out there that's thinking, wow, this doesn't seem like the same team. Yeah, my, my first thoughts, again, from knowing that this is what Khaled want, wanted with the, the vision of the team, and again, knowing that this is what Eric Ramsey wants with the vision of the team, my first questions was, well, you want to play transition and pressing, um, and your 10 is Emmanuel Reynoso, and your center forward is is Timu Puki. Like, those <laughs> don't scream like pressing monsters, right? Or whatever. So just like from speaking to people around the club, it's like, they they can spin it to like a yeah like we get it's not going to be like a red bull press right like yeah. we just we don't have and and we don't even necessarily want to exactly go to like dial it up all the way to 10 or 11 um so i think that this team will look a little bit different depending on the pieces on the field bonky's going to fit perfectly into this he's tailor made for this system um but i think reynoso is going to be good in it as well like again they won't be end line to end line pressing and asking reynoso to cover 10 miles a game but what it's going to do is they hope that it'll get Reynoso the ball closer to goal more often and that it'll make him even more dangerous when they do turn over the ball. And same thing with Timu Puki because, again, his best qualities are, are finishing, movement, intelligence, like touches. He's not somebody who you're just going to stick at midfield and be like, go play in transition and, and go like outrun a fullback, right? Like, so it, it doesn't need to be dialed all the way up to 11. And again, I think that it's going to be more like that when those two players aren't available, like Reynoso wasn't this weekend. Um, but moving forward, it's more about the fit with the group and again, finding the context of, of I'm an ideologue, this is what I want, but also we're not going to force something if it doesn't make sense with the players in the group. By the way, I thought Pookie looked a little more spry in that game. I mean, <laughs> he did. I, I, he looked faster and like a little more agile than I remember seeing him last season. So <laughs> You know, and the other the other bonuses, right? If you win the ball higher up the field, then he's already in position to put something exactly. away. There were a few goals he scored last year that he was like ball over the top, ball through stretch line. <laughs> he's having to outrun somebody, which doesn't happen very often against some of these center backs these right. days. So if you can win the ball higher up the field, that eliminates some of that some of that for him with the high press. So, um, and then you know, just looking at the league uh, opening weekend, what was your biggest takeaway? Maybe a biggest surprise? You know, I mean. Benteke scores a hat trick, but does that mean DC United is going to be good? Like, you know, how many people were sort of like, this was maybe not what we're really expecting. Maybe they kind of, what's the word I'm looking out, looking for Like, oh yeah, you know, what's the word? Like, were they, or even that it's just a one game sample size. That, that yeah, was like, yeah, exactly. Or Chicago, right? I mean, like, oh what, what are your thoughts? That was crazy. Yeah. And like, I think Philly, that, that's the best way to put it. Philly they pride themselves on their back line and their defensive unit. Even when in 2022, when, when they had that stretch where they scored like six goals in a game, like five out of, out of 10 games, even during that time, like Jim Curtin cared more about the clean sheets and defending. Like that's what they pride themselves on. They gave up two goals to Chicago, three goals to Saprisa, uh last night or Tuesday night and two goals, I think to Saprisa in the first leg. So like, when was the last time that this Philadelphia <laughs> union team has currently constructed, gave up multiple goals in a game, three games in a row, twice of which at home. So it's just like, there's a lot of stuff like that. I think the biggest takeaway for me was the CONCACAF Champions Cup hangover is undefeated. <laughs> like maybe a better way to put it would be it's winless. There were seven teams that played CONCACAF Champions Cup last week. Um, and those teams had zero wins, six draws and one loss. All of them, I think, were favored 
a couple of them were heavily like Orlando and Cincy were like heavy, heavy favorites. Cincy home against Toronto, Orlando home against Montreal. Those are two very good teams playing at home against two teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. So they both drew nil nil. It, it's a thing. And and it's almost like I forget it every year. It's like, oh, no, like, you know, Orlando has the leg since he's got enough rotation that they could bring in. And then still like the early season CONCACAF Champions Cup, it'll get you. And it's crazy. Like, we'll we'll look back at this weekend in, you know, early December, whenever MLS Cup is and be like, Hey, do you remember when since the Toronto tied since you <laughs> like again, when Minnesota beat all, it's just like, it's, it's going to be a different league in, in on August 1st, let alone come to come the playoffs. So it's super fun. I love getting, getting after it, but, it, but it is, yeah, we have to keep reminding ourselves like, all right, this is one of 34 games plus leaks cup and, and plus open cup and plus everything else that, that comes champions cup, all this like that before we get to the playoffs. Well, and that's a good point because, I mean, we can, you know, I mean, it's kind of like when they make us do predictions. <laughs> At the, I mean, you're just talking about champions, you know, CONCACAF Champions Cup in itself and like having to play that amount of games in the rotation. And these teams aren't 90 minutes fit to begin with that, you mm. know, to start the season, let alone when you throw extra games in there. But like, it's so hard. And, and part of it has to be the parody in this league. And I know it's a bit manufactured parody, but nonetheless, like it is why people love this league. I never would have picked Toronto to go into Cincinnati and get that result, you know, to, to be able to even come close to it. Um, so I guess that's why we all watch the games. It keeps us glued to our <laughs> devices, you know, to make sure that you just never know who's going to win or what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Or like I, I spent the entire off season talking about how great the, the Colorado Rapids did in, in rebuilding <laughs> their team. And, and one of the points I kept making was not only were they a lot of good signings, they did the signings early and, and a lot of it was domestic players. So they were going to be there for preseason day one. That means that they won't start the season slow. And and hey, maybe they come out the next few games and get some more results. But I'm talking about how good the offseason was, plus how how quickly they'll start. And it, they're down 4-0 at halftime of game one. It's like, oh, well, I guess <laughs> reminder, none of us know anything. But against a Portland team that also everybody had no idea what to make of it. You a know, Portland under Phil Neville. That, that had, uh, I think they finished with like 0. 0.5, uh, 0.5 expected goals. They scored four goals. And like, Vander like didn't even play. Yeah. Uh, not <laughs> only didn't play, but it was a late scratch. They had to change the starting lineup 30 minutes before the game started. Like, and, and again, I was, you know, all the continuity, all the good signings. Oh, it's going to be really easy for Colorado. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like we either look like idiots or we just look like normal people because it just, <laughs> proves, it just proves that you cannot, you know, it's just, which again is why we love this league and we can sit here and laugh about it you know but like if my paycheck actually depended on picking oh. the right games every week i i would oh. be i would be in big trouble all of us would there'd be no there'd be nobody in this business <laughs> so what do you look ahead to this weekend what's your uh when you i know it's only well i don't know it's not technically match day two for everybody i'm so confused miami i don't care screwing, i'm calling it match day two i don't miami I don't care is screwing what everybody is, up yes i mean I you know Matt, oh, i just can't i it's like even when we're talking like team of the week and whatnot i'm like <laughs> wait is this what is this? You know, is this match week? Is it, you know, I can't. It's ridiculous. Games. So what do you look uh, at going ahead of this weekend? All right, I'll go. I'll give the boring answer first. Miami, Orlando. And I promise this isn't just, be, just because it's Miami playing, right? Like, but, <laughs> but I like, I have, I think Orlando is going to be one of the best teams in the league. I think that Orlando played Miami really, really well in that league's cup run last year. And like that, I thought that was a really fun game. Um, Again, like, I think that they're going to, kick the crap out of Messi and, and co again. Like, I think it's going to be combative. It's a rivalry game. I love games like this. It's always good. Any game that has like a lot of juice to it at the beginning of the season right now, because teams are still getting into it and everything. Like, I'm not worried whatsoever about that one having intensity, um, but a low key one to, to go for the, the MLS hipster one. I think Dallas Montreal is going to low key be a lot of fun. 
Um, really? P- Pitar Musa for Dallas mm. is going to debut. Jesus Ferreira should be back, as far as I know. I, don't, I haven't, I haven't checked on that in, in the last couple of days. To be fair, uh, it wouldn't matter. Montreal... They might change it ten, ten minutes. Before <laughs> yeah, it um, and then, and then Montreal. Like I like, like a lot of their signings make sense. I like Laurent Coutois. Their hire was was a really good hire. Like they're just, I think, going to be a fun team to watch this year. Um, and again, so da- Dallas Montreal is kind of like my my hipster pick for this. Are they going to be like Columbus reincarnated? Because I mean, you can't really do it Eventually. exactly. You know what I mean? Okay. That's the idea. They like the idea is definitely to, to play with the ball, beat teams in possession, and they're gonna like again. They don't they don't have a Cucho or a Rossi or or Zellerion before he left. Um, but I or think that they have a lot. Yeah, nobody does. But it's <laughs> even even at that, like they don't have the high end talent that Columbus has. But like they're gonna do those same principles. It, I think that they'll remind me remind us more of of Nazis. 2021 22 probably the 2021 uh montreal team that again he inherited them a week before preseason he was working out his principles like again laurent Coutois is doing that right now and again i thought that they looked pretty good against orlando getting a result on the road against orlando they came out firing in the first five ten minutes and that's how they're going to want to play there's a lot of players in that team that make sense like yankov and, and kokoro seem like a really good attacking duo and and again like laurent Coutois, i think is going to play something similar to not say again every, every coach is different everybody has their own tweaks and it's unfair to expect him to be again what the best what, what's being viewed right now as the best coach in the league but at least like it's going to be in that mold chicago overpay for kuipers did i, I say so, his name right i might have butchered it kuipers i believe oh, okay that's probably Closer. that sounds more like realistic <laughs> um so it's a, you gave me a yes or no question and i'm gonna i'm gonna give you too many words i i think yes a little bit because it's up to 14 million dollars like that's a huge fee for somebody who i think he's he was a little bit of a late bloomer so he had like really like two really really good years but like it's but like it's still a good signing because in terms of the salary cap it doesn't matter if he was 6 million 10 million or 12 million like mm-hmm. it, he hits the cap as a dp whatever it took to get him here you know it's better like signing a DP rather than not signing a DP center forward. So um, in, in the, in this grand scheme of things, maybe it was a little steep, but I don't think that it even matters. Well, and I kind of think too, I guess maybe overpaying that in that regard, more like the perception of it, you know, I think mm, a lot true, of, true. and maybe I'm, maybe I'm not hearing correctly because you're way more in tune with what's happening, but like where people are like, okay, you just put all your money in one basket kind of thing, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And I kept, I swear it was an extra time guy saying like, you still need someone that's going to get him the ball. If it's not Shakiri, you know, because he's kind of like, he's like great, but he's not. And then, you know, is Gutierrez like finally going to be what they need him to be? Yeah. So like, if he doesn't get the ball, uh, you know, then what good is that? Like, how many goals is he going to score if he can't be effective or have like another threat that takes some attention away from him so then he can be more effective? Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And that's kind of my concern with this team as well. Like, they just had so much that they needed to do. Like, they desperately needed a number nine like him. But they also needed, as the extra time guys were saying, like a, a, a better chance creator. And Gutierrez scored in his first game. Shakiri looked good against Philly, but I know that I'm I'm predisposed as a Liverpool fan to just any good performance from Shakiri. I'm like, oh, finally, it's here, it's happening. Like, because I, I was saying, like, again, I've been very disappointed that he hasn't hit quite the, quite the way I expected in Chicago. Um, but again, if if they get an if they can piece together enough chance creation from those two players, like Kuiper should be all right. But Again, they have a young DP spot open, so it's it's not a hundred percent hit rate if you get you know a teenage number ten to be that chance creator. But adding another creative type into that attack, I think it, it is is their next priority. So, which team is going to overperform this year, or like 
be beyond what people expect of them and which team is going to totally be a disaster <laughs> and they're expected um, to be better. Like yeah. you know Miami. I mean, a lot of people are picking, I don't know about Miami. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a little nervous. Like my, my stance on Miami is that I think that they'll be like really, really dangerous in any cup competition that they're in, which includes the playoffs, of course. But like, I don't see it as a realistic possibility for them to, to challenge for the shield. Like, I think that it's more likely that they finish closer to seventh in the East than it would be first. And that's also a product of the East being insanely mm -hmm. good. Um, but like, also there's no reason for them to risk and like overload some of these older players for a Wednesday game against Vancouver or, you know, Oh, like we have champions cup on Wednesday, like this Saturday, maybe we'll, we'll rotate a few guys. Like, Oh my those are more the fans would lose their minds. If it's a road <laughs> game. <laughs> yes, but like, hey, you got to manage the schedule. Messi can't play every <laughs> single minute. Boost gets too. Like Suarez, obviously, with with all the stuff that's going on with me. So again, it just depends on on where you see these teams. I think the Red Bulls are going to be, I think, really good, honestly. Um, and maybe that's me reading too much in Emil Forsberg. And then as for teams that that might underperform, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people think that Austin aren't going to be very good. I I don't think that. I think that they're going to be the worst team in the league. To be fair, um, and I'm I'm already going to have to start judging my my stance on on houston i thought that they were mm -hmm. going to struggle much more without hector herrera and their performances have been solid through you know their first three games two of which in champions cup i thought that they were going to look a whole lot different and a whole lot worse without some of these players but um man i think i'm i think i'm, I'm looking like i was wrong yeah i i would agree with that though because like with sebas going down in that first game too you know then when i just did the game the houston game i was like yeah. Ooh, what are, how are they going to make this work? We were sitting there looking at the starting lineup going, how is this actually going to look on the field? You've got Brad Smith playing like yeah. left attacking winger, you know, like, but I mean, Bossy came back in the other day, I believe. And, mm -hmm. or maybe it was last night. I don't know what day it is, but, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I think Houston, I think Ben Olsen, I mean, how much you talk to so many people, how much of this is just having people that believe in the project, in themselves, in what they're doing. And I, I feel like I could say the same thing right now, but where Minnesota United is at. Like seeing them in that Austin game, um, no matter what they've been through during this off season mm -hmm. and like the interim coach for the interim coach and not having a, an official head coach to start the season, this philosophy, the style, the camaraderie, like the vibe and the energy, I think there's a true belief in it. So how much do you think even Ben Olsen with Houston? It's like some of that is a huge piece of the puzzle is just belief in what you're doing. Yeah, it, it is a huge testament to, like, again, I think Ben Olsen has always had, like, the buy-in from his locker rooms in, in D.C., even when things weren't good. Like, that was one thing that you could always rely on. They they got much better tactically, and, like, his game model got cleaner, and, like, his ideas evolved, again, which happened. Like, human beings change, evolve, and, 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 and want to do different things. I loved what they did last year. But still at the root of it, like you said, was that buy-in, was that togetherness, was that camaraderie. Charlotte FC is another example. Look at that roster. That That's not... That's not like just even comparing it to NYCFC. And I think that they thoroughly outplayed NYCFC, deserve that win. Looking at those two rosters, NYCFCs is far and away the better roster, the more complete roster, the more expensive roster, everything else. Dean Smith, everything I've talked to people around that team has been that Dean Smith has gotten this togetherness, this buy-in, this foundation in this group that they haven't had in, in a couple of years. So again, like you need talent, obviously, to, to take you to where you need to be, but it works in lockstep with... The mental side of the game with the the camaraderie side of the game with the the buy-in and and being difficult to beat uh, solidity everything else so i think that like i i misjudged it on houston like i think that their their floor is higher because of that minnesota was another great that point that you made like 
they've had so much adversity this offseason, so many unknowns. I wouldn't have blamed them if they just rolled over this preseason and said, whatever, we don't even have a coach yet. Who cares? My contract's guaranteed. If oh, if, if the sporting director isn't even going to be here for the start of preseason, why should I care? Whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. And they didn't. They've, from by all counts, preseason was really strong. And then what they did to Austin, again, they're uh, one of the, the what I what I just called the worst team in the league. I don't care. Going on the road and, and beating a team without Reynoso and, and Bongi, like without a coach, without all of this, like that's a great result and, and well done to them for doing it. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like I feel like Gene Smith was laying down the hammer right from the first. What was that quote? Like, these are my DPs. Like, you know what I mean? Somebody somebody like, taught him what designated player was, and then he worked it into his first three press conferences. I'm so oh proud of him. So but I just love that he's like, I don't care. Like, I you know, I don't know when the last time, you know, a lot of to be fair, a lot of players when they come over here don't know what a DP is either. You know, it's a very MLS thing, but yeah, I just love that. Like, and you know, the other thing players and actually probably really appreciate is honesty, even when it's brutal. Yeah. So so they're exactly. like later yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not your dp so well, i'm looking forward to uh the season opener on saturday i shouldn't say season over home opener, home opener on saturday and you know i was at the that open training yesterday and i heard some lady walking in and she's like well i'm excited to see if like this is the real minnesota united or that was just minnesota united against a terrible austin team so um so you're not you the only both spectrum austin's so gonna be bad but yeah, it'll be, this will be a good, t- this will be a good test for him. You know, and I think yesterday was reported. They're not sure if Ray and, and Bongi are going to play um, this weekend either. So, um, but they look pretty good with not, not that you wouldn't rather have Ray and Bongi in the mix, but yeah. you know, they look pretty good without them. So we'll see. But I, I, Tom, I appreciate you taking the time. I'm so sorry for, you know, I'm sure you have nothing going on that I could just keep moving you around in, in the schedule, but I appreciate you taking the time today. <laughs> Come on, I always got time for you guys. Thank you so much. (laughs) Cheers. All right, thanks, Tom. Have a great day. Talk to you later. See ya. All right, everybody, that's another episode of Sound of the Loons. Join us again next week after Minnesota United's home opener. Maybe a W, maybe maybe three points. We'll see. Nonetheless, it's going to be 60 degrees and sunny on Saturday, so head out to Allianz Field. Thanks, everybody.